Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Q, <laughs> episode five, season two. Uh, we have a great table today because we always have a great table today. But let's introduce everyone, uh, starting here to my right, Rhett Lindsay, uh, who was uh, best known for TJ on Big Mama's Like Father, Like Son. Hello, thank you for joining us today. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yes, you tried to come to our live show a couple weeks ago, and it didn't quite work out. But thank you for being here today. You know what? All that matters is that we're here. Everyone have a good time. Yeah, no, that show started a little late, but I, I appreciate the efforts. Uh, Los Angeles is low on effort, so it's always <laughs> noticed when it happens. Uh, so tell us, what do, what do you have going on? How long, uh, what's going on with you? You know, right now, it's near the middle of pilot season, so I've just been auditioning a lot. Had a McDonald's commercial audition last week, oh, so. Nice. What did they make scrolls? you do? Um, I was playing a mover, you know, so typically I'm, I'm a 6'4", 270 pound guy, so uh -huh. yeah, I guess I fit that that image. But mm -hmm. yeah, just auditioning. I am currently in the running for the lead of Christopher Donner, which is I'm not sure if you remember him. A few years back, he was the oh, the yeah. ex cop that committed a lot of the and he like hold himself up yep. in a building in like the woods in Big Bear or yep, something. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yes, I can see your build being that guy. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll cross my fingers for you. Thank you. I Thanks for joining it. us today. Uh, next at our table is a new friend of mine. Uh, uh, that I just met via online, and here we are in the flesh. You know, sometimes social media works <laughs> uh, for good, not for bad. It also works for bad. Stay away from Facebook, everybody. Uh, Nikki Page, hello. You are an actress and a singer. You did Ladylike on MTV. What was that? Um, it was a show like two years ago, and mm -hmm. it was uh, kind of like a reality show where they test people in public. Okay. Um, two women, and then they had a whole bunch of other comedians kind of doing like improv mm -hmm. and like. Testing people's almost like I don't know if you remember that show on MTV a long time ago called Boiling Point. Oh yes, yes, uh -huh. very similar to similar that. Similar to that. Yes, it's like extraordinary people in ordinary circumstances, like trying to do yoga in the middle of Starbucks and seeing oh, how people react. Gracious, and stuff like that. Yeah, I would probably just keep walking and like because <laughs> people are crazy and that's what happened. You were also a street correspondent for the Wendy Williams show. Yes. Yes. Uh, what was that like? Uh, that was lots of fun. It was uh -huh. a lot of fun just talking to people, like everyday people, you know, because sometimes L.A. people don't act like everyday yeah. people. Yeah. Uh -huh. And just getting their, their natural responses to things. Uh -huh. Well, one thing I learned about you just now in the street walking in here is that you're an East Coast person. You lived in New York and Washington, D.C., right? Which yes. is why my instinctual soul instinctually likes you. Because uh, I'm an East Coaster at heart. So, uh, and how long have you been here in L.A.? I've been here for almost five years. Okay, that's official. That's pretty official. Yeah. You feel official? Yeah, finally. Okay, great. Have yeah. you done a podcast before ever? I did used to do a podcast. Okay, well then you're official. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and next on our podcast is Mikey Scott. Hello. Hello, how are you? Yes, I'm very well, thank you. I'm so glad you could join us today. We actually saw each other this morning on a different project. We did. I was so excited because I was so lost and you directed me to where I was going. I Otherwise, was I would a, end up I was doing a pretty good talent producing job this morning. That did you good. feel well produced? I did feel well produced and thank that's what you. I need. Thank you. Thank you. So you are uh, the only only stand-up comedian uh, that does not have their own Netflix special. I think so, yes. When will that happen? Uh, let's see. Um, what's What year is it? It's 2019. Never. Oh, never. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see after that. Uh, so, and, you, and if anyone wants to see where you're doing stand-up around the city, they should go to MikeyScott.com, correct? Is that where you have all your info? Yeah, I do dive bars all over town. Oh, I love so. a good dive bar. <laughs> I really doesn't? They're my favorite. Uh, and rounding out our table today is actually someone I met literally like right when I moved here 900 years ago. Uh, Shane Ivan Nash, uh, DJ and trans activist. Hello, how are you? Very good. How about you? Good. So, what have you been up to? It's been a minute since I've seen you. Seen you? Well, I grew out my hair. Uh huh. <laughs> lovely, lovely locks. I've definitely lost some weight. Uh huh. You know the LA vibe. You gotta it, keep the body. It's felt. inevitable. I wonder <laughs> when that's gonna happen to me. Do you have to try? I don't know. Um, you know, getting an ammonia usually helps. Uh, so I'm working on that. That's something you uh -huh. might want to look into. So, so now <laughs> I want I want to tell a funny little story. So the, I first met you uh, at an improv class, was it? For like some sort of youth Yeah, it was youth something. quake and I was 24 years old at the time. Right, and I remember doing a scene with someone I was Alexander Rodriguez, who's been on this show. Someone came, you know, and I was teaching improv and one of the scenes I've never seen this before or since in my life, but I, it's burned in my memory. Someone literally just brought a, like a fake gun on stage and shot somebody and the scene ended like immediately. And I forget if you were in that scene or not, but I just remember that. Do you remember that or am I crazy? I remember that scene. I wasn't a part of that scene, right. but I, we were all just kind of stunned and just 
didn't, I didn't know, know how, what or how to react. I, I didn't to know situation. how to like teach out of that moment and my younger self. Anyway, thanks for not bringing a gun, fake or uh, real, to the table. Let's do our first uh, our first uh, segment. It's Yasser over it, and the rules of this are: I'm going to say a thing that's like in the news or a person, uh, and if you're into the thing and like the same thing, we're all going to scream Yas, including co-producer Jonathan and Pete in the booth. Hi, and if you're over the thing, you're going to say over it. So Yas for Yas and over it for over it. All right, clear everybody, play at home. Uh, first one, Yas or over it, Jordan Peele. Yes! yes! Very excited about his new movie coming out. He's like created a new genre of horror films. Love, love, love. Uh, yes or over it? The Walking Dead is returning. Over, over it. It's hard over it, right? I'm hard. like bored. I mean, what did any, was I used to be a huge fan of the show. Same here. Yeah, and I just feel like it's nonsense now. Anyway. It's like a season of Friends. They just keep going and they're trying to put Joey and Rachel together. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's like, it's too much. Yeah. Yas or over it. American Idol. Over, over it. Over yeah, it. hard over that too. Yeah. They retired. They're supposed to stay retired. I just really wish it wasn't happening. Uh, <laughs> yas or over it. International Women's Day. Yes. yes. I, I mean, yay for women. I think it's uh, necessary to keep having it as long as people are oppressed around the world and we get our own parades for everything always. Uh, yas or over it. Anti-Semitism. Over, over it. it. Yas or over it. Israel. Over, over I don't, it. Can no. we say over it? Yeah. My my uh my my logic says over it. Uh, yeah, we'll get into that a little later, I think, maybe. Uh Yas or over it, Captain Marvel. Yeah. Love it. Yes. Over I'm it. Kinda I, over it. I don't yeah. even know what it is. I just know it's like we popular need as right many now. Well, superheroes as we can. It, so what, tell us what, what is it? What, yeah, who, exactly. What's in? Is it female superheroes it's in Marvel? Female is that what it is? Superhero, and I think we just need a bunch of them because I don't want I don't want Catwoman to be the one people remember. Okay. So just get as many as we can after. All right. That, I know? can agree with that. Yas or over it, Michael Jackson. Oh, over oh it. Oh my God. Over oh. it. What? I watched the documentary last night. We're gonna talk about it later. I'm over it. Yas or over it, Alabama. Over it. Oh, you guys saw where Trump like is yes. jizzing signing, over Alabama right signing now. Signing right? Bibles like he <laughs> wrote them. Like, like, yeah. Uh, like, yeah, yeah f- fuck Puerto Rico, but let's save Alabama. Ugh, I think it'll handle. all blow over soon. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, yas are over it. Silky nutmeg ganache. Over it. it. For those of you who don't know, that is a character on Drag Race. We'll talk about that later also. Uh, Yas are over at Daylight Savings Time. Over it. Oh, let me clarify my Yas. My Yas is for the time we just turned into is now. Let's just keep it now because I'm over the Daylight Savings. Okay. Uh, And Yas are over it. Nailed it. Yes. yes. Just a point of reference for our listeners. If you are interested in being on Nailed It, I am currently casting them uh, for the show. Uh, find me on Instagram for details. Let's go right into our spicy issues. Uh, first, we, you know, this has been out of the news on the table for a week or two. We need to do a little update because I personally am obsessed with this. The Jesse Smollett uh, case has 16 counts, felony counts on him. He's been charged with the grand jury. Is this excessive? What is going on here, people? Opinions at the table. Here are my thoughts, Uh, and this is Rhett talking. I I think that the 16 counts is excessive. However, I do believe that the punishment should be handed down. I don't think that he should uh, be able to walk away with having probation and just pay. I really think that needs to be made an example of this situation. And why is because... Um, when you have a platform as an artist and or whatever your major platform is and you abuse that platform and you abuse it in a way where you're uh, trying to minimize the true issue, whether you're gay or you're black, um, it, it really is just a horrible situation to create for so, yourself. So are you, you're, you, you feel he definitely did it in your Absolutely. mind? Absolutely. Now, mm-hmm. again, he has not been... Um, you know, the the sentence has not See, been drawn I still down feel yet. weird about it. I, I want to hear about it. I completely disagree, actually. Yeah, Shane, what do you think? So here's what I've seen. Anybody remember the Olympic guy? Yeah, Ryan Lochte. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, nothing happened to him. Well, yeah, because he, he faked his, his own medals. story, too. Yeah. He, I mean, the idea that no one is really looking at this in the lens of the Chicago PD and their history that they have with the Terrible. black community. Yeah. It's terrible i mean i mean they were found guilty of suppressing their own exactly. evidence before on other so things. i i personally just don't even trust i also anything. think it's weird that they literally lined out all the evidence in a public such a public That's way so weird like i don't know truly like looking at it in that lens and looking at how ryan lochte literally has nothing happened nothing yeah. and he's a white cis male and then looking at this black gay male that has yes maybe even if he did it honestly 
I really don't give a shit. I don't. Because you know what? Honestly, I mean, I at the do, end of the but... day, no, I don't. Uh-huh. I don't. Because it people make mistakes and he's going to learn from this if he did fuck up and he, this is all, you know, it's going to definitely make that effort to change that mm-hmm. and no one's going to do this again hopefully. Yeah, I'm 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 but... holding my final uh like judgment on it until I I want to hear from him. I want to see the trial. Nikki, what do you think? Here's the thing. I think 16 charges is excessive and i only think it's excessive because when i was reading about it they said that he got he got two sets of charges and they're basically just it's like they're doubling his charges based off the fact that he lied to two different people so he's being charged for the same thing like the same lies twice there's like one charge for each lie right and he's getting he has 16 because it's like eight lies to the police officer and then eight lies to the detective. It totals up something like 460 years or something if everything yeah, is good. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like uh-huh. when you think about this and you think about all the stuff that's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Him lying about this, yeah, he messed up and he should be canceled for that. But mm-hmm. does that constitute that many years in prison? No, absolutely. No. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, Mikey, what do you think? Well, I I think prison should be reserved for people who pose a threat to society, and I don't think he poses. Like, he's already suffering, and granted, he should be he should be reprimanded, but like, no one's gonna get hurt by him not being in prison. Like, no one's gonna get murdered, no one's gonna get raped. Like, you know, and get six months in jail for that. Like that one guy. And so, Mikey and Nikki, you both definitely think he did it. Like, this is definitely a thing for you guys. So you three are for sure. You're definitely no, and I'm a maybe. Is that yeah. what we feel? Yeah. It, I'm fascinated. I could talk about it forever, so I'm not. Uh, let's go to the next spicy issue. I just watched this last night. I've been begging for an HBO Go account for like two weeks <laughs> because my ex-boyfriend's ex-boyfriend's mother-in-law changed her code and I don't have it anymore. Uh, I am trash. Um, but uh, is ne- Leaving Neverland, the Michael Jackson documentary, I mean, let's just start with my most important question is, do, do you guys think Michael Jackson touched little kids? I did. You do? I did Absolutely. I did you do. always think that? Or did you? No. 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 Shane, no. why? What's, what's been your journey on uh, this? For me, I, I mean, Michael's influenced me just as a musician. Sure. So, like, the idea, it just watching the documentary and the description, I, I wasn't expecting that. And it just shifted everything for me. And it kind of, all these little puzzle pieces started adding up. And then that little video that he sent of the happy birthday video, yeah. that was it. That was yeah, where I was like. There's a lot of specifics in there. Who at the table has seen the documentary? Rhett has. You guys have not. I've I've watched like the beginning, like the first half of the first part. Okay, great. And Nikki, you're it's on your to do list. Yes, I haven't seen it yet. Great. I love that we're all at different levels of this. We're gonna end up spoiling a few things for you, but I want to talk about some of the crazy things that I think are, that need to be looked at on there. There was a uh, one of the guys he went shopping for like wedding rings with one of the kids, yeah. and the kid has like a box of these wedding rings, and he you can tell this kid is traumatized for life yes. over these rings Completely. and his relationship Completely. with it. And all the other thing that was really striking with me is. Um, the faxes the with mm-hmm. the little one where he yeah. was like he would be on the phone for hours with these like seven-year-olds on a phone and their parents were just like okay great which is another side issue to the whole thing is hello parents but like all these faxes back and forth of like how's my little one doing i love you so much i i mean it just looks so creepy it is it's what did you what did you think right you've I, seen the whole thing right i've seen the whole thing and i even watched the over and pre-special afterwards yeah i i think what's hard for the public or even fans of michael jackson to it to accept or even just be able to analyze is separating his stardom and his artistic side from the reality of him possibly being able to do this. that doesn't take away from who he is as an artist, what he's, how he's impacted us as a society with his talents. But at the same time, we can't be too blinded by someone's stardom and conned by someone's stardom because we are too scared to believe people, whether their intentions are to gain money, financial stability, separate that yeah someone's ignorance for wanting to get millions of dollars from this if they even were um, allegedly abused should not interfere with the fact that they were abused regardless well i think what's interesting is there's such a blowback right now from people and most of them that i keep finding out haven't seen the new documentary they're just very adamant about this didn't happen he was a troubled child had a troubled childhood yada 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 but I, I think it's weird that there's such an intense defending of it. Um, I don't know why you would go out of your way to defend it, especially if you haven't seen the new documentary. Uh, what, uh, Mikey, where are you? What do you think? What's your like developing opinion on this when you're watching it? I mean, I think it, it, it you know, with him, he he had such a childlike mentality. It feels like mm-hmm. that 
I think in his head, he thought he was a kid romancing another kid. And he didn't realize he was an adult. Yeah. And it's it's sad, but it's also it's more sad for them, you know? I actually th- that reminds me, I'm looking it up right now because I want I want to read my little Facebook update that so I was I had to get high like three times while I was watching it <laughs> last night because it just was it's so intense. upsetting. Um, but one of my like stoned tirades on Facebook, uh, which I really think encapsulates kind of what you're saying is, uh, you know, I always thought, no way did he touch these kids. He's a victim of a fucked up family uh, that robbed him of his childhood. Well, I was half right. I believe everyone in this documentary. I also see a severely damaged near simpleton. He comes off kind of weird and dumb, I think. Yeah. In it. Yes. Um, and, who transferred his pain into sexual attraction for himself at the age where he should have been allowed to have a childhood. It's almost like he used these boys as a conduit for loving himself as he wished he could be. And then he robbed them of the childhood that he wanted to have. Yeah, I it's read just, that. It's just so... It, it seemed, watching it, it seems so clear to me that, like, he really is trying to connect in this weird, terrible way. But, like, there's times where he's, like, found in the room crying in the corner. Mm-hmm. And whether he was playing that up or not, I don't think the one incident was playing it up at all. I think the kid woke up in the middle of the night and saw him crying in the corner. See, here's my thing. I wouldn't even put it past that Michael Jackson himself wasn't abused as an as a oh, adolescent. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because when you always hear about interviews of him talking about his father, how the abuse Weirdo. from the father's stance was physical, verbal, emotional. Could have been anything else, too. Whenever we ask Michael, if you look at interviews about him abusing kids, the allegations, he's like, no, I would never hurt a kid. I would never abuse a kid. That comes from experience. It comes from experience. Yeah. And it also, from this documentary, he always, the, the accusers, the victims say that they, uh, that he would say, I love you. This is what love right. is. This is how love feels. This got brought us together. So I think Michael's perception of reality when it comes to emotions and affection was really just um, diluted and con- contorted uh, because of his upbringing. It's very messy of said. Nikki, let me ask you this. So you haven't seen the documentary yet, but when I when I was like, did he touch little kids? You were like, yeah. Is this something that you've just kind of thought from like when he was alive and being a fan like younger and stuff? Or like when did you come to that decision and why don't you need the documentary to think that? Well, I think that I just always knew that he had, like, some really peculiar behaviors. Like, things that normal people wouldn't do, he did. Like, regardless of, like, if Macaulay Culkin or whoever comes on and says, oh, no, he wasn't inappropriate, we just slept in the same bed, that's inappropriate. You know what I mean? Like, like, I don't know how, like, I don't know if I necessarily thought, like, oh, he did it, but I knew that he was inappropriate around children. So Mm -hmm. then when this came back out, I go, okay, well, that's not that shocking to me because... I wouldn't let him babysit my kids if I had him. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, we can't act like we didn't know that Michael Jackson was like a little bit creepy. It's a weird thing you how know? such celebrity covers stuff up. Like, even these parents in this documentary all come off kind of hella dumb because they're just like, oh, cool, Michael Jackson's talking to us. Okay. Right. Good night. What, what is with these parents? I just watched the Abducted in Plain Sight documentary. Did same thing. Yeah. Yes. Same literally like, concept. He yes. asked if he could sleep with our children in their bed, and we said okay. And it's like, no, you don't say okay to that. How is yeah. that not a red flag as a parent? Like, oh. if anyone asked, can, my, can you sleep with my seven-year-old son, it would be like, uh... Why and who the fuck are you? So, like? uh, yeah. So, uh, another person that's in the news this week, we saw the Gail King and R. Kelly video because mm. he's definitely going down. <laughs> oh my God. So, now here's something that's interesting. Um, so, I have a friend uh, and she's been on the show before and I love and admire her and she might even be listening. Um, but she's staunchly against Michael Jackson never did this. It's the fix is in. Michael Jackson's innocent, but she is hardcore against R. Kelly. So, I find that really interesting. And, like, are we getting to this point where we're recalibrating society where these celebrities are getting what's coming to them? And, like, why is there such a disconnect between people who are just like, well, he did it, he did it, he did it. Like, why can't we just believe the victims when they're genuinely being truthful, like, for real? Well, I think if you're going to compare Michael Jackson's situation to R. Kelly, you have to look at their art, what their artist perception was. So mm-hmm. R. Kelly was about sexual gratification and a lot of right. adult content. Michael Jackson was about healing, love, and mm-hmm. you know all that jazz. So um, the public perception of Michael was not as extreme as the public perception of R. Kelly. So I think that's why it's easier for people to be like, hey, on top of the video evidence, uh-huh. on top of the, the accusations of 50 plus women, I think that's why people are more like, yes, he did it. Well, that's another thing that that I get. Do we need a video for everything to be proof anymore? Like, is that where we're at? We have to have it on video for it to be real? Social media world. I yeah. mean, if you Makes didn't money. take a photo, did it happen? That's kind of the rule for well, folks. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> 
don't know though. I think with the R. <laughs> R. Kelly thing, I I know of a lot of people who like I'm from DC and I went to Howard and like HBCU. Yeah, ten years <laughs> ago and nobody like everybody made kind of a joke out of the R. Kelly thing. Uh huh. It was like almost like like an open knew, knowledge yeah, thing. They, they they knew that you know he probably did it, but it's like oh, but you know, but this song goes hard, so. I'm gonna still listen, and I think people just sweep it under the rug. It's kind of like with Chris Brown or anybody, where you right. know they did something, but you enjoy their art so much that you just yeah. Which is another it. good question: is can we separate the art from the artist and things like this? I think for the most part, I can. Like I, you know, when the, when the Surviving R. Kelly documentary came out, it was amazing, great documentary. I made an R. Kelly playlist afterwards. Is that... That's why his streams went out. <laughs> did you feel guilty like, at all after making playlists? I did, yes. See, there was I guilt. did feel guilty, but I also was like, oh, these are some good jams. I haven't heard these in a while. But then the lyrics, they start to open up. You're like, wait. Yeah. Which is also another component I was fascinated by. Well, I was like, oh, let me fil filter this through this filter. Michael Jackson, also Man in the Mirror. Yeah. There's actually, you can look at some of his song titles and that those are kind of confessionary. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we could again talk about this forever, but I'm a tempo machine, so let's move to the next spicy issue, which of <laughs> course is uh, Drag Race is in its uh, 11th season. The second uh, episode just aired this week, and we would not be a LGBTQ podcast if we didn't at least touch on Drag Race uh, uh, at some point. Uh, how are we feeling about this season? Bored. Yeah, so bored. yeah. I feel like it's really about just trying to have more personalities and attention rather than like the craft. Yeah, that's that yeah. Makes sense? very interesting. Uh, Shane, what did you think? What did you say? I'm I'm just bored. Yeah, honestly, in yeah. general or with this season in particular. With this season in particular, I don't literally. I, no one has sparked my interest. Yeah. Okay. So I'm glad you I'm guys. Bored. I wanted you all to kind of <laughs> answer before I put in my two cents. So. I definitely think, so I think this is the season. Remember when Real World used to be really awesome oh, and yeah. then there was like that season where everyone was just like drunk straight people in Las Vegas in a hot tub? <laughs> yeah. And, this, and the whole series kind of changed for whatever, good or bad, or, but it changed. I feel like this is the season for Drag Race. Yeah. I think the season 10 was all, it was super great, super sharp, all talent, all good personalities. And this one I feel is cast for drama and personalities, like you said, Red. I, I, I hate to hate on the fat girl because I'm a I'm a fat girl, <laughs> but I cannot get her off my television fast enough. Yeah, she's a lot. She's a lot. I mean, and, and for it, but in like a weird, I want to be on TV reason, and I think that's a problem when you're looking for authenticity in these types of shows. Yep, I agree, hundred percent. Nikki, what do you think? I feel like well, I just watched the most recent episode last night, and. While I don't enjoy her personality, she's like the only one who gives me even an ounce of like entertainment. But because she, she's not letting anyone else do it. Well, That's yeah, true. but it's just like I feel like there's not a lot of uh, it's not a lot of personality, it's which is also very for telling for the rest of the cast. True. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It makes me sad because I like the show and I want it to do well always, and we, I want season four hundred to happen. But like. I don't know. There's something, some. Uh, Why does it she... always have to start with a fashion, like a sewing challenge? That's <laughs> what drives me nuts. Because <laughs> when you're like a drag queen, I think your personality is the first thing that you have to worry about. You know, right? Not not whether or not you can like run a sewing machine. Uh huh. Uh, and, and all and literally, do those acting challenges need to last four hours? No. I don't oh think so. Uh, okay, we'll be right back uh, with question ball. Thanks. Welcome back to Question Bowl. Our first question, and this is something we taught we touched on last week, but it didn't get fully answered, so I'm working it into this one. Uh, is can a liar be redeemed? And I mean that with like the 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 adult children in the Michael Jackson documentary, because uh, they were on trial and they defended Michael, and now they're saying differently. Uh, the Michael Cohen testimony last week, super busted liar. Now can he be redeemed when he's telling the truth? I want to talk about this as a concept in general, but those are two very big examples that are happening right now, is once someone's been busted on something, can we let them off the hook? And if so, how? What, Mikey, what do you think? I think, yes. I think anyone can grow. Uh, and I'm a little biased because I am with a man right now who 10 years ago I cheated on and lied to. Oh. And and we've since moved past that. And we've rekindled mm -hmm. and everything. And I have just... Uh, 
you know, reassure him that I'm not that person anymore. So you, you've been let off the hook. You've been redeemed. But do you still find that you have to kind of prove that as you move forward now, even currently? Every now and then, there's like a little bit of, you know, reassurance necessary. And mm. under, it's completely understandable, I think. Sure. Like, you're never 100% off the hook. Right. Because if you have in your capacity to do it once, you have it there to do it again. Sure, mm -hmm. but doesn't every human have that capacity? Exactly. You know, we're humans. Yeah. So. Nikki, what do you think? I think, you know, I think a liar can be redeemed as long as you just stop lying, you know? Like, I think that you have to prove your honesty after that, you know? Sure. Because a lot of liars, you know, they make a habit out of lying, and they lie all the time about everything. So... I mean, I don't know. I'm actually not one to forgive lying that yeah, much. Yeah, That's like for me. my biggest non-negotiable. Mm -hmm. Like, we're cool until you lie to me. Then I wouldn't. I can't trust you again unless right. you really prove to me that you, you know, moving forward, you are gonna commit to being. Honest. That's funny you say that because I I hold truth so like dear to me. Like I literally think one of the my biggest weapons in life is truth. And to the point where I've made enemies because of truth. But I still think that's the better way to go. I don't know. Rhett, what do you think? I agree. I think that you're never 100% off the hook. But for me, in terms of uh, what I believe, I think that if you come with a level of like authenticity with your honesty and vulnerability, vulnerability is key for me. Uh, so if you're able to truly break down your walls, your barriers, your insecurities, and ex be expressive and vulnerable – that can help with pushing that. So. I agree with that word vulnerability because both those adult children in that documentary are being very fucking vulnerable. Yep. And Michael Cohen at this point doesn't have anything else to lose. I, I read him on that stand recently as he's way past vulnerable. He's being like thrown in prison. And so <laughs> why would he, he's already, he's going to get more prison if he lies again. Like I feel like that. Shane, what do you? I would have to say yes. Yeah. I, I mean, in all reality, I feel like we as a society tend to label people so quickly mm. and that label just gets slapped on them and this this necessary change for us to have that growth and to really elevate ourselves to understanding each other, understanding different perspectives, I think we need to have more room for mistakes for people to grow from those. And I honestly, I don't see if someone's not, if they're truly making the effort to change mm -hmm. and making that effort to say, I have you know, moved on or I, my idea of whatever has changed, I think it's important for us to be able to validate that for them as well and to give them that space because, uh, you know, what you thought about 10 years ago and what you think about now is completely different. Your mindset's now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the younger you are, the more mistakes you make because you're learning as you go. Well said. Well said. Here, yeah. here. Question two. What, uh, so recently the, the Trump administration is like, we need LGBT rights, LGBTQ rights around the world. Let's fight for them. What do you guys think of that mess? Boo. I mean, I think he's full of the, you know, but... I'm all for it. I mean, if I mean, I'm all for right it agenda. too. But like, don't tell me it's not like for money or some other exactly. other reason. Because we've we've had some worldwide thing in Russia, Chesh Chechnya, I think you pronounce that, mm -hmm. where literally homosexuals are disappearing. Pop stars, like famous gay pop stars, are disappearing, and we haven't done anything because it's Russia. But now let's go somewhere else. I don't know. What do you guys think? It feels like pandering, you know. It feels like what can I do to like try like make them a little happy and I, plus I don't want him as my representative. No, like, I don't want him as my worldly representative. Like yeah, LGBT. I'm like no, no, no. Yeah, far from you and Scott Bay are not good representatives. Like Nikki. Yeah, I don't really trust him to represent my community, so I'd rather him just not say anything. Just shut the hell up. Yeah, yeah. I think it's so creepy. Uh, question three: uh, Any got any bad roommate stories? Like in your life, I have a good one. I'll start. So uh, in New York City, I um, <laughs> I was in a sublet and uh, I was renting from someone else who was out of town, and the other room became available. And uh, so I had to interview a bunch of people, and literally I didn't like anyone, so I just picked the only gay person that was in the interview mix. He came in and he was like, "Oh, do you think I can paint the room?" And I was like, "Probably." Check with the guy first. And I came the next day, and he had painted like what looked like a South Park mountain landscape, complete with sunshine and birds, all around his room. And he had set up a tent, not a bed. Uh, anyway, it was all downhill from there. And I just—it was—he deleted my America's Next Top Model from the DVR without Ooh. asking me. It was literally—it was like it became a war. And then uh, when I left, I left the apartment. I took the shower curtain, the utensils, literally everything. And he goes, why are you taking all those things? I said, because I bought them. And I left them in an empty apartment. I don't blame you. Who else has a good roommate, bad roommate, X story? I don't know if it's quite, you know, like a tent 
instead of a bed. But my sophomore year in college, I was like really, really pressed to move off campus. And my parents were like, oh, I think you should live in the dorm. I was like, no, I need my own space. And so I just, you know, I had two roommates. One is cool. We still talk now. And then the other one was just like somebody we knew from like a choir we were in. And uh-huh. we were just like, okay, well, we need a third person or we're not going to be able to pay this rent. And so, like, as soon as she moved in, the weird things just started happening. But she had this thing. She was like, don't touch my refrigerator. And we're like, your refrigerator? Oh, my God. You have your own refrigerator? Like, where is it? Is it? She's like, <laughs> it's in my room. Don't touch my refrigerator. It's none of your business what's in there. People and so, so we're, crazy. like, now trying to figure out, like, what's in her refrigerator? Body parts. <laughs> Rhett, do you have, Rhett, do you have one? <laughs> and I think it was, just ended up being some sort of medication or something. We're like, oh, girl, you didn't have to do all that. But she would come in at all hours of the night with, like, strange things. Like, one day she, like, she brought home a dog. And it was, like, a stray dog. Oh, and she's no. like, this is Barack. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he had fleas. It was just, like, always something with her. And I could not wait to move out. So I actually ended up moving out before our lease was over. And I was just still, like, paying and staying with a friend. And my parents were really upset about that. I understand why now. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, I just, I can't be around her. She was like, are you going to be, are you going to be living here? Can somebody else live here instead? And she's like, I'm going to call the police on you if you're not going to be home tonight. What? Oh she was just, she was like, absolutely crazy. So and extra. Ab- oh I've God. never had a roommate since then. Good, good, good news. Rhett, do you have one? When I moved here to Los Angeles from Atlanta four years ago, actually, last past week, I was living in North Hollywood, met up with another actor. We had a mutual friend that was looking for a roommate. He's an actor here, an aspiring actor. And long story short, um, I was there for maybe five months, and the guy was just very introverted. Um, but not introverted in like in the sense of like, hey, it's very welcoming, like he's nice and friendly. Very introverted in like, whoa, he's really like, I need to like stay away from this guy. Uh, very uncomfortable. And I remember once he was doing a cell tape audition, and I don't know how he was doing it, but he was like, Taping, then stopping it, and going back and forth, and then retaping it and stopping it. And I came in, he didn't get notified me. He didn't let me know via text or via call. Uh, so I just walked in the door, and he was like, "Oh, you just ruined my, my audition." I'm like, "I'm sorry, man. I didn't. You didn't notify me. I'm just coming home from work." And um, he was like, "Oh, you know what? Whatever. I'm just a piece of shit. I'm just a piece of shit." And he kept saying that. Uh. He kept saying, "I'm just a piece of shit." And I was like, "Okay, it's time for me to let this piece of shit live by himself." So. <laughs> Shane or Mikey. Uh. Um, I don't do roommates. Uh, I, have, I have lived alone, but I do have a lot of my friends have keys in my apartment. So I had a really cute <laughs> studio in West Hollywood for about three years, and I had a cat at the time. And apparently, while I was gone, people were cat sitting. Everyone had sex in my apartment. Oh, sure. <laughs> in I, West I, Hollywood, I probably find out once a year a different friend had sex in my apartment. Yeah, the, with my the cat pur- watching. The purple light in that was going to reveal a lot, Shane. <laughs> Um, I never had a roommate situation that got too crazy, but I did have some folks stay at my apartment sometimes that were kind of hairy. Oh, um, like bear hairy? No, in terms of like shady hair. Yes. Oh, gotcha. Um, I was like, what's with the body shaming? No, 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 no. Come on, I'm trying to become a muscle bear myself. <laughs> um, but basically, I had this friend, and they needed a place to stay, and I had the studio apartment. I was like, I have a walk-in closet. We can work something out. You can mm-hmm. stay there for a week. And they ended up just kept ha- having sex with their boyfriend in my my walk-in closet, and I would not be notified. Ooh. And it was the weirdest like situation that I, I I mean I was young and it was only like 22 at the time. I just got the apartment. And I was like, oh yeah, I ha- everybody come over to my here's like you said like uh-huh. having keys, and it was just like the weirdest so thing weird. to walk in. Also, you, something you said I want to say real quick. I had another different crazy roommate who on the first night I moved in said, uh, just to let you know uh, some of the house rules. And I was like, okay, because don't eat my mayonnaise. I get special. Special mayonnaise shipped from home in Alabama. My mom ships me uh, ships me my special mayonnaise, and also don't touch this pillow. And it was like one specific pillow that had like beads on it, and it was missing fairly. It was missing a bead, but he goes, "I've already have too many beads missing." Anyway, it was uh, all <laughs> down. Like also all downhill from there. Uh, next question: uh, What's the weirdest thing you've done during sex? And I'll answer this one first because I put in this question. <laughs> so one time, uh, the super at the time, I thought he was out of my league. Hot. Now, current life, there's all kinds of people who are into big fatties. So, but at the time, I was like, "Oh, okay, he's a little bit out of my level. Let's let's do whatever." He comes over and he's like, "Can I feed you?" He had brought like some donuts and pizzas and stuff, and was like wanting to like tie me up and like feed me, and it definitely threw me off. And I was like, "Okay," so I let some extra hot guy 
tie me to a bed and feed me pizza. And I never felt so awful afterwards. Um, so that's my weirdest thing. Um, what about I you guys? I want that to happen to me. <laughs> that actually sounds amazing. Someone tied me to a bed and fed me pizza. That would be my dream. It was so, I literally did it for the story. Uh, Mikey, what about you? Oh, I don't have, like, I'm so vanilla. Or, or something that bad. weird that happened. Maybe nothing that you did, but something weird that happened. I did go home. I went home on a, uh, I went to a threesome one time. Uh-huh. But I told them I couldn't go because I had to, I was working at a restaurant and I had to do my laundry. Uh-huh. And so they actually, like, got up periodically throughout having sex to check on my laundry at their place. <laughs> like, they did my laundry. And oh it was, gosh. it was the most hospitable uh, That's people very kind. I've ever hooked up with. That's like, very kind. And nice clothes in the morning. <laughs> that is, like, a weird version of vanilla stuff. I love it. Nikki, how about you? I don't know if I've done anything that weird. I feel like when I was younger, I used to do it in weird places. That's good. I mean, I understand I set the bar really high with being force-fed pizza. So what what are the weird places that come to mind? Uh, The library. Oh, okay. Wow, okay. Yeah, that was a little weird. They still have those? Well, it was was back in the day. Uh, Shane, how about you? Um, okay, I was 14. Mm-hmm. I was in high school and I was dating a girl who was two years older than me, so I thought I was the shit. Sure. And there was a Bryman College across the street, and for some reason we decided, let's go to the women's bathroom and just finger each other. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing I've ever done in my life, and I probably have never even told anybody that, but yeah. That's that was, what right now is yeah. for. That's what we're living in, right? Any, any from you? I would have to say it was when I lost my virginity. I was 14 years old, uh-huh. and... Uh, I'm, I'm bisexual, so I lost my virginity to a female, but I didn't have a condom at the time. Mm-hmm. So, what just I just like a straight guy, just like a straight guy. So what I did, um, <laughs> I plastic so, bag. I got a no, ziploc bag, a oh, ziploc no. bag, and I put a rubber band at the end of my shaft, and I used uh, some lotion as the lubricant. You, <laughs> you made a handmade condom. Oh I'm gonna you MacGyvered safe sex. I'm gonna die. Oh. Co-producer Jonathan's face is melting <laughs> off his. Face. Right now. <laughs> oh my god uh, Last question for Question Bowl Do crushes on friends ever work out? I'm going to say they can They have never for me What do you guys think? Um, I think it depends on if my friend was straight or not Oh sure, yeah, good point Um, I mean, I feel like I've, I've, My wife and I were friends uh-huh. And then, you know, it worked out um, But I mean I've had, a, I've had a lot of crushes on People who Sure. You know, it didn't work out. Uh-huh. Um, and it just makes, it always makes it very weird afterwards, I Shane, think. what do you think? Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't see it not working out. Usually friendships are a good base I just know there, there's been a couple times where I've, I have had a crush on a friend, and it was sexuality compatible. It wasn't like a straight dude or anything. Yeah. And I've said it, and it's ended up weird. So now I just don't say it, and then the crush goes away. Well, you, don't, <laughs> you don't remember when you asked me out, remember? I do remember. Uh, I do so remember. I did. And, and then I was like, oh. Weird for us. And then I was like, oh, he's straight. Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> noted. 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 Uh, fair. I was like, fair enough. Los Angeles, very queer. Get it, get it. Uh, <laughs> no, it didn't make it weird. I feel no, like had, thing, we grew we closer. Also, but the thing is, is you were kind of a stranger at that, that true, point. True, true. The the risk was lower because we weren't friend friends mm, at that point. True. The ones that have been friend friends, I have turned weird. Uh, anyway, we'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to, to Emotional Support. Hi, everyone. Um, so, okay, so this segment is, uh, again, uh, all my life, someone has, people have told me, you're too emotional. That is true. I don't think that's a bad thing. So in this segment, pick an emotion. It can be happy, sad, lusty, angry, whatever it is. Pick an emotion, tie it to either something that's happened to you recently or maybe a news story that's in the news that you think that we skipped that's important to talk about. And it could be as silly or frivolous as you want or it can be super, you know, serious. I think I said that. Uh, Anyway, uh, I'm still recovering from the plastic bag condom. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know what color was the rubber band. It was it was the traditional like a, brown. Like a regular okay, yeah. one. Good. I actually have a lot of emotions about that now. So. I, I love that everyone is still on that, as I'm sure our viewers are. Anyway, uh, so I, I, with this segment, I always start, because I think that's fair uh, for the host to start. So uh, my 
is shell-shocked an emotion? I noticed this season I keep asking if certain words are emotions is a weird theme that I'm noticing with myself. But shell-shocked is what I'm presenting for the table. And here's what's kind of shell-shocked me is uh, this past Christmas I moved into a house with a bunch of people, uh, three gays, two straight people. Uh, they're, they're, they're all in relationships. It's a thruple and a straight couple and me. And um, I realized I haven't lived with straight people in 16 years. I did the math, and I looked back on my calendar, and I noticed, oh, gosh, it has been a long time since I lived with heterosexuals. And they're very nice, very kind, very sweet people. Uh, but there's little trigger, like weird little living triggers in me that I'm like, oh, I'm annoyed by that. Should I be annoyed by that? And then I get all like, I give myself therapy over the weird little thing. Uh, and I'm like, like, oh, should I? Like a good example is, the straight guy plays music literally nonstop. Like literally, like there's no headphones involved. It's downstairs, it's upstairs, it's in the kitchen, it's in my living room. And I just am kind of like, I wanna watch Game of Thrones right now. <laughs> please, please, <laughs> we are not in a college dorm. Please turn the music down, get off my lawn. I don't know what it is. But, uh, but there's little things that I'm like, I'm fine that in future living situations, I definitely only wanna live around people that I'm 100% comfortable with. And I think for me, that's definitely queer, gay, bi, male, masculine presenting people. And I don't know what that means about me or if that's shitty or what, but I feel shell-shocked about it. And it's definitely a realization that I've had this week or last week, all weeks. <laughs> I don't know. Is that weird? Do you guys think that's weird? You can chime in I don't now think if that's you want. Weird. I think like, uh -huh. you spend so much time in your youth like not being comfortable with your living and, and presenting yourself in anything that to want to be completely comfortable in your home yeah you know and, yeah. and just have it be exactly the way you want it is yeah and i you know i know with big cities like la and new york you don't get that luxury when you're just making sure you have a bed to pay rent out with but like yeah no you're right uh who else who who's next who wants to try try the emotional support thank you i feel supported mikey thank you so much <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll okay, great. Yeah, it. go for it. So I was on, I got an Instagram message the other day from a young gentleman, I think he's a teenager, 17 years old, and he was just telling me how he is in the process of trying to figure out himself and trying to figure out how to come out or if he should, or if he should come out and what did I do because he doesn't know, how can I say this correctly? He What he sees is in the media in terms of what it means to be a gay man is, is not what he feels he is so he's struggling with that and it really um it made me sad uh because i remember when i was growing up when i was starting to identify with myself and learn know who i was i struggled with that i was the athlete i was the popular guy i was the, the jock um and i battled with what i saw perceived uh on the media from what it meant to be a gay man um, and it's always usually a stereotype of femininity or very extroverted, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I couldn't identify myself as a black man in that. And so to hear this kid pretty much just emailing me back and forth for just exchanging conversations, um, really struggling, it, it's sad in today's day and age uh, that there's not enough representation out there, I believe, in the media across the board in our, in our community for LGBTQ. Um, we, we need to have, I believe, for our youth, more um, external resources in the community, uh, more outreach for them to have an idea of, okay, it's okay to be whoever you are, but let me figure out who I am first. Let me figure out what can I do to utilize my community, um, uh, different people within certain organizations or the schools uh, to, to help me better understand that who I am is okay, but I don't have to fit a certain stereotype to be able to fit in with my I guess identified group, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, no representation does matter, and I think as we kind of recalibrate and like figure out that stuff, especially in the t entertainment space, I think there is more and more you know diversity and representation. But we can always do better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I definitely uh, completely agree with you on representation. I mean, me as a trans male, do you know any trans males that are famous or that have storylines or anything? Yeah. I mean, guys like me, we really have no direction. It's kind of like walking this lone, lonely, dark path, especially in the industry. Mm -hmm. It's hard to find where or how, and there's so many identities and so much. I mean, even me being a masculine trans male, it's it's you don't see that. I mean, a lot of the trans male stuff that you've even seen now, even in industry, is they kind of tend to feminize them a little bit. Mm -hmm. Sure. You know? Yeah. What's and, a good example of that? Um, I would say, I can't remember the name of the actor, but I know he's in, um, oh, 
Jeez. Shameless. Oh. Yes. Oh, right. yes. yes. And he, right, you know, right, right. they automatically made him a gay character sure, yeah, and yeah, that yeah. he's gay and that he, there's a feminine, you know. And I don't particularly identify with that. I right, I, yeah. I identify with is probably on the scale of masculinity to feminine. I'm pretty far on the masculine side. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I completely find that, you know, the representation is so important. And it's great that you were able to reach out to that kid like that. I'm sure it really made an impact. And it was really cool that you were even able to kind of have that serendipity moment where you're kind of even talking to yourself. Yeah. You know, and you probably felt that. I did. Yeah. Yay, social media. Uh, who's next? Uh, I'll go. Okay. Um, I've been feeling very grateful lately. Like, I have been on this journey for, like, the past year or so of, like, emotional growth. Like, mm. I've had, like, a very hard time with my family and them accepting me as being gay. And they they were, like, very, very religious. And it's just, like, they they've continued to give me a hard time for like years and years and years. And I know that people always say, oh, it gets better. And they go, sometimes (laughs) it doesn't, you know? And you know, like I I came up, I came out to my mom years ago and still to this day, I have a whole ass wife and she'll still be like, no, you're not. You're not gay. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I am, you know? But I decided um, pretty recently, like at the top of the new year, that I was going to change uh, my energy that I put towards it. You know, that. I put a lot of energy in the past. Like, oh, they don't understand me. They don't want to. They don't respect me. All of that. And I just had a like an epiphany, and I was like, well, you know, maybe this is actually just past their emotional bandwidth. You mm. know, like maybe what she thinks is right to her, that's her truth and that's her reality. But at the end of the day, like. I can't, like, who am I to say, oh, my mother doesn't love me? Like, I don't know that. She carried me. She gave birth to me. Who am I to say, oh, my, my father doesn't love me? They still call me and check on me. We disagree on a lot of things, right? Mm-hmm. But I realize that I hold a lot of resentment and energy towards that, mm-hmm. right? And so whatever energy I'm holding and I'm putting towards that, I'm getting in return from them. Mm. And so I just decided, I'm like, I'm going to shift my my energy and I'm gonna start. I'm I'm gonna start coming to them from a place of like an open heart and a lot of love, and just call and say, hey, you know, I just wanted to say hi. Hope you're doing well. And I have been receiving that love back tenfold that's because awesome. I shifted my that's energy. Nice. So I'm very grateful for that. I think that's amazing. Yeah. And also, I want to know how you did that. Did you just like start? pretending to feel that way until you felt that way because here besides my mom my family is trash and i need to learn this <laughs> I, I need to it. learn this skill How somehow uh don't worry none of them listen to this uh but uh, maybe my mom uh but like but like how did you start doing that you know what i actually i just got tired i uh-huh. was tired of how like emotionally worn out i was every time i talked to them and try to have like those difficult conversations because my family they're very codependent they they live in their own little bubble, and I'm the one who branched out. Right. So everything that I think is completely different right. than them. Uh-huh. So I ha- they have, like, an army of people in D.C. that, you know, disagree with me. And it's, like, <laughs> me against all of them. You uh-huh. know what I mean? So I just, I, I just realized, like, after the holidays, this is my first holiday, that I actually just took the day to myself. I normally stress out about the holidays, uh-huh. and I just... You know, I should like I should I get anxious all day. Oh, I'm gonna have to talk to family today, and this year I didn't do it. Yeah, same. And I've done that for two years in a row now, and I don't feel like going back. But I feel like how I don't know. Anyway, that's a whole nother podcast, Mikey or Shane or. Uh, yeah, I quit uh-huh. my job at Chipotle. Yay! Uh, <laughs> and I got a job at a magazine instead. Nice. Um, I actually quit my job. I guess shell shock could be mine as well. I quit my job because the environment was really toxic and became transphobic, actually. And um, it was really rough on me. And it really kind of changed my perspective on things. And talking about parents, um, I personally kind of haven't, I mean, Jeffrey knows a little bit about my story, but I haven't really spoken to my parents in a while. And when I lost, when I left my job, I actually sent a text to my mom, and it was really weird because she was, like, supportive, and this is something that I have never experienced in my entire... I mean, you know uh-huh. uh, how deep that rabbit hole is. Uh, yeah. And it, it was so weird, and, you know, I think that, to your point, I just kind of forgave them. Hmm. And that, like, that forgiveness kind of changed me 
and I've just noticed that I've just been more positive in my thinking just with that because it's it's almost like forgiving myself and, and just letting go of that energy. So that was just something that I did. So I'm also working at Crossdress for Less as well. Oh, I so. love, I yeah. love. I'm going to make you guys give me a tutorial after this. Because like, I, uh, anyway, Mikey, I think you're the last one, right? Oh, yeah. Mine seems really stupid now with everyone No, else. but I love it. <laughs> but okay, so here's my thing. Like, okay, I, I'm actually a very calm guy. I never get mad about anything except... I cannot handle the people who don't put back their grocery carts at the at the grocery oh store. Absolute trash. Like yeah. I, I've always hated because you because it's like you've just done so much mileage in the grocery store <laughs> mm -hmm. to not walk it to where it's supposed to go is ridiculous to me. <laughs> and so I was at trade. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm, it just bothers me to no end. My sister's the same way. Like she used to take the grocery cart when she saw them and put them behind their cars mm -hmm. so that they would have to get up and move them again. Or That's run into what? them. But like, so I was I was at Trader Joe's the other day and I parked and this girl who was literally 20 feet from where the carts go was struggling to find a way to position the cart in between cars so that it wouldn't mm. keep rolling. And I stopped for a second because I was like, I'm going to say something to this girl. <laughs> I am going to tell her what I think of her laziness. And then I was like, just give me the damn cart. And then I just, and I was like, I wasn't sure if I was happy that I contained myself because I didn't want to be that crazy person yelling at a stranger at Trader Joe's. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or if I was unhappy that I didn't say something to be like, girl, why don't you just put it back? Like, why are you being so lazy, you know? So, I don't know, like, am I the only one who gets, you know, that upset about it? No, you're, no, you're not, not wrong. I get not upset wrong. about dumb little things <laughs> literally all the time. You know what's interesting, though? I think that everyone's story at the, the pinpoint of it is learning to control your own emotions because you only have control over that. You don't have control over someone else's yes. reaction. So everyone's story some is similar to that of, of being You guys are all talk. talking foreign concepts to me. You're talking forgiveness. You're talking <laughs> you're talking be in charge of your emotions. You're talking this about is a healing session. You guys, what has this happened? This is actually an intervention for you, Jeffrey. You guys you showed up. I need to know We're what all these you. tricks are. How have you done this? Do I want to talk to my father ever again? I don't know. Anyway, you guys have been great. Uh, I want to go around the table and say goodbye and also uh, let us know where we can find you on uh, Instagram if our listeners are interested. Uh, Rhett, where are you? I am at Instagram at Rhett, that's R-H-E-T-T -T underscore Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y. Facebook is Rhett Lindsay Official and Twitter is Rhett Lindsay. Awesome. Thank you for being here. Uh, you. Nikki, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on all social media at uh, at T Mickey Page or online at uh, bmickeypage.com. Awesome. Mikey. So uh, all of mine is at Comic Mikey, and uh, my website's MikeyScott.com. Awesome. Shane? At Shane Ivan Nash. And also you can find information on ShaneIvanNash.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere. Wonderful DJ. Higher, higher, higher. Get all your grooves on. Uh, and if you would love to donate to the program, please visit uh, our Patreon.com backslash The Q Show. Thanks. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.